Highland Falls, El Paso, Clarksville, Watertown, and from other important military capitals around the globe. Eye on Defense brings the top military and defense issues into focus. Eye on Defense is proudly sponsored by Big Sarge Pre-Owned TA-50 Emporium and The Last Hope Jewelry and Pawn. And now, citizens of Earth, brace yourselves for the next episode of Eye on Defense. Defense, 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 defense. All right, we're back, everybody. This is episode 179. Today is 16 October, the evening of 16 October. Going to be a short episode, I think. Only seven stories. I look pretty look pretty good for stories. I only come up with these seven. <clears throat> Lots of stuff about Israel, of course. Uh, and the president of the United States is going to go to Israel on Wednesday, day after tomorrow, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, so I don't know. I'm trying... Uh, I don't think they've invaded uh, uh, Gaza. They haven't gone into Gaza yet, but I think they're getting ready. I don't know what the President of the United States, him coming on Wednesday, is going to affect that. I know they've got some problems up north, or they think they might have some problems up north, meaning the Israelis. And who knows? I'm like I'm like everybody else, watching it on TV. Or not TV, but the radio or uh, internet, whatever, wherever you get your news, right? So we'll get started. The first story... Like I said, oh, only seven stories tonight. I don't know if I said that earlier. So this is from, I couldn't tell if this is from Jerusalem Post or Reuters or both. But anyway, Biden, President Biden of the United States, of course, you know who he is, uh, to visit Israel as Hamas-Israel war escalates. Close to 4,000 are wounded from the Israel side, 1,300 murdered. IDF says 199 families of Israeli captives in Gaza have been contacted. And there's another... And it was a byline Biden, obviously President Biden, to visit Israel on Wednesday, Blinken says. President Biden will then travel to Jordan to meet with King Abdullah, the Egyptian, uh, to meet with King Abdullah, Egyptian President Abdel Fattah el-Sisi, and Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas. This is uh, 17 October today, actually tomorrow, but, you know, they're about seven hours ahead of us. Uh, United States President Joe Biden will travel to Israel on Wednesday. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said on Tuesday after he met with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, President Biden will affirm U.S. solidarity with Israel and make clear that Israel has the right and duty to defend its people from Hamas, Blinken said. The United States President will continue to coordinate with Israeli partners to secure the hostages released from Hamas, the U.S. Secretary said. And also noted that the United States and Israel agreed on a plan that will allow aid to reach Gazan civilians. Here's a quote from the Secretary of State. If Hamas blocks humanitarian aid from reaching civilians, we'll work to prevent it from happening again, the Secretary of State said. President Biden will then travel to Jordan to meet with King Abdullah, then to the Egyptian President Abdel, Abdel Fattah el-Sisi, and then Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas. Uh, that came from White House National Security Spokesman John Kirby. He said that on Monday, which is today. Uh, president Biden earlier spoke with el-Sisi, who's the Egyptian president, and discussed the need to, pre- to preserve stability in the Middle East during a phone call on Monday. That's from the White House. That's it. So President of the United States is going to Israel on Wednesday. I, that's a big deal. Obviously, it's a big deal. Uh, this is from USNI, Mallory Shelbourne, 14 October. You know, uh, United States... Uh, carriers 
USS Dwight D. Eisenhower, United States uh, USS Carl Vinson deploy. Ike will join Carrier Forward and Eastern Med. Of course, we talked about the second carrier strike group, uh, the Eisenhower, going to the Mediterranean. They weren't sure if it was going to go all the way to the Eastern Mediterranean where the USS Ford is, but it looks like that's where it's going, exactly where it's going. And here's that story. Uh, Two U.S. Navy aircraft carriers deployed this week with four carrier strike groups currently deployed across the globe. Uh, The USS Dwight D. Eisenhower CVN-69 left Norfolk Naval Station, that's in Virginia, on Saturday morning, according to ship spotters. Ike's deployment will take the carrier strike group to the eastern Mediterranean Sea to join the USS Gerald Ford CVN-78 and its strike group, according to a late Saturday Pentagon statement. I guess uh, here's a statement from the Defense Secretary, Lloyd Austin. The Eisenhower Carrier Strike Group will join the USS Gerald R. Ford Carrier Strike Group, which arrived earlier this week. That's from Secretary Lloyd Austin. The increase to United States force posture is to signal the United States ironclad commitment to Israel's security and our resolve to deter any state or non-state actor seeking to escalate this war. Uh, meanwhile, the USS Carl Vinson CVN-70 quietly left Naval Air Station North Island, California, on Thursday for deployment to the Indo-Pacific. That's from a Navy uh, official statement. Uh, the USS Carl Vinson CVN-70 is currently underway, conducting routine operations in the U.S. Third Fleet Area of Operations. Uh, the United States Third Fleet works together with allies and partners to advance freedom of navigation, rule of law, and other principles that underpins security for the Indo-Pacific region, a third fleet uh, said in a statement. And then here's a fourth carrier. I guess that's the fourth carrier. Yep. Uh, Meanwhile, the USS Ronald Reagan CVN-76, the Navy's forward deployed carrier, is also out on patrol, but currently in Pusan, South Korea, for a port visit. Uh, The USS Ronald Reagan this week wrapped up drills with South Korea and Japan. The last time four carrier strike groups were underway was in early 2021, according to USNI Navy and Fleet Marine Tracker. So we've got four carriers from the United States moving around the world. Now, they mentioned this fleet, this, what was it, third fleet? And I guess they compare those fleets like Army compares it to a division, I'm guessing. Uh, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven fleets, supposedly. I went to Sergeant Major Google, and it told me all this. So the U.S. Second Fleet is headquarters in Norfolk, Virginia. They cover the North Atlantic Ocean and the Arctic Ocean and homeland defense. The United States Third Fleet operates out of San Diego, California. They cover the East Pacific. The United States Fourth Fleet is out of Mayport, Florida, which is, I think, near Jacksonville. They cover the South Atlantic, I guess South America. Uh, The United States Fifth Fleet is in Bahrain. They cover the Middle East. The United States Sixth Fleet and Naples, Italy, they cover Europe, Mediterranean Sea, and the Black Sea. United States 7th Fleet is in Japan, Yokosuka, they cover the Western Pacific. And the United States 10th Fleet is at Fort Meade, Maryland. Uh, they've been reactivated as a cyber command. Uh, they're not, I, it's not Fort Meade, Maryland, so that's on land, right? Anyway, there you go. If you didn't know, that's what they are. I, di- I didn't know. And now I know. Now, while we're keeping kind of on the Israel uh, topic. This is a very interesting, this is from Defense Blog, Dylan Masalov, 16 October. Israel Merkava tanks spotted spotted wearing improvised armor cages on top. From 16 October, some of the Israeli Merkava tanks have been spotted near the border 
of the Gaza Strip sporting improvised armor cages on top of their turrets. Israel reportedly moved to safeguard their armored vehicles from the growing threat of enemy FPV, also known as first-person view drones, by installing cage armor systems on their tanks. This decision mirrors Russian tactics employed in the ongoing conflict in Ukraine, where they have added similar protection to their T-62 and T-90 tanks. The adoption of the CAGE system is in response to the growing use of first-person view drones as threats in contemporary warfare. These drones equipped with live feed cameras and rocket-propelled grenades and other self-made bombs have emerged as a preferred method for state and non-state actors to employ kamikaze-style attacks on armored vehicles during combat. That's a good story right there. And it's true, too, isn't it? Uh, That's it for that. Next... This is a story from Defense uh, News. Uh, Rudy Rutenberg, we have two stories from him. This is the first one. 16 October, French firms to triple 155 ammo production boost weapons output. We really haven't talked about, since the Israeli-Hamas uh, conflict started, we really haven't talked much about Ukraine. I think they're uh, getting to Ukraine real quick. I think the counteroffensive is over. I guess the, the bad weather is coming in. And I guess both sides will be up more on the defensive. I think Russia's been on defensive all summer. So here's a, this is a kind of French uh, France's reaction to all that stuff. So here we go. French firms have boosted production of self-propelled guns, artillery shells, fighter jets, and anti-air missiles, the country's armed forces minister said on Monday. Of course, his name is Sebastian Lecornu. France plans to increase its monthly deliveries of 155-millimeter shells from 1,000 per month in January 23, the 3,000 per month in January of 24. I think the United States is working up to 80,000 a month. Sorry, I'm drinking water. Uh, concrete results of a shift. This, these are concrete results to a shift of a war economy. Le Cornu wrote on X, formerly known as Twitter, following a visitor to a local Nexter Systems facility in Rhone, which manufactures the truck mounted 155 millimeter howitzer Caesar. Of course, that Caesar's been all over the news last couple of years for going to Ukraine. Uh, Nexter has raised production of Caesars from six per month to two at the start of 22. So they tripled their output in one year. Uh, and the pace will increase to eight systems per month at the start of next year. So I guess that'd be quadrupled. Is that a number, quadruple? Anyway, uh, so... A total of 49 Caesars have been sent to Ukraine, including 19 from Denmark. Uh, Le Cornu said last month that Nexter will apply an additional six Caesar weapons to Ukraine, in addition to the 18 already supplied to French stocks. And I think Ukraine bought 12 directly from Nexter. So looks like Ukraine's all in on Caesar uh, 155s, which I think is a good system. Uh, where am I at now? Okay, meanwhile, MBDA has doubled production of its Mistral short-range surface-to-air missile to 40 a month. Dassault Aviation has tripled production of the Rafale fighter from three per month, two three per month, not from two three per month. And Fails has tripled its radar production capacity also, according to Le Cornu. Uh, France, passed, France passed the military budget in August for the 24 to 20, to the for the 24 to 30 period that will boost defense spending next year by 7.5% to 47.2 billion euro or 49.6 billion dollars uh, in 24. 
What's next? Dutch Navy starts retiring submarines, but successor still unknown. This is again from Rudy Rutenberg from uh, Defense News, 13 October. The Dutch Navy this weekend retired the first of four walrus class, walrus class submarines, say that fast, and the Netherlands will decide in 2024 who will build the successor to the diesel electric attack submarines, the defense ministry said. The lead vessel of the Walrus class was decommissioned after 31 years of service and will be used for parts to keep the country's remaining fleet of three submarines operational. A second boat is set to retire in the coming years, but no exact date has been set. Here's a quote from the head of the Royal Netherlands Navy Submarine Service, Commander uh, von Zotten. The withdrawal of the walrus will help the Navy maintain focus on the future in coming years and facilitate the material maintenance of the sailing boats. The Netherlands received bids in July from Naval Group Saab and Thyssen Krupp Marine Systems to build four replacement submarines with a preliminary decision date planned for the first quarter of 24. We're in the first quarter of 24 now. The government has said that new submarines will cost more than $2.6 billion dollars or 2.5 billion euro. While the Dutch media has reported that the budget makes the 4.5 billion euro. Uh, the project to replace the Netherlands aging walrus class has been, has racked delays over the years. Uh, an initial plan for the first submarine to sail in 2028 has been adjusted. The plan is now for two fully operational boats in the 2034 to 2037 timeframe. Well, I'd say it's been adjusted. That's six years. Uh, the walrus attached to the Dutch naval base of Den Helder was decommissioned Thursday with a flag-lowering uh, ceremony after 3,000 days at sea and participate, participation in 14 military operations, the ministry said. Once the second submarine is retired, the Navy will continue selling the two remaining class walrus-class boats until their first replacement comes into service, which they think will take about 10 years. The three shipbuilders competing for the project also submitted industrial cooperation agreements that will be evaluated by the Dutch Ministry of Economic Affairs. Following the preliminary decision, the Parliament is expected to discuss delivery terms and price in the second quarter of 24, which is right around the corner, after which the Defense Ministry will be able to sign a final contract. The contract will include a requirement for the winning shipbuilder to complete sea acceptance trials for the second submarine within 10 years of signing. Now, the article says three shipbuilders. I thought I only read two. Let me go back up here. Okay, there, I, I didn't read it right. So the ne Netherlands received bids in July from Naval Group, comma, Saab, comma, and Thyssen Krupp Marine Systems to build force replacement submarines. So there's three different companies there. All right. Uh, what's next? Next is Defense Post, October 16, Joe Sabala. Spain orders eight MHR-60 Seahawk helicopters from Lockheed Martin. Spanish Navy has officially ordered eight MH-60R Seahawk helicopters that requested from the United States government last year. The, the procurement comes 19 months after the U.S. State Department approved the request and notified Congress of the proposed $950 million foreign military sale. According to Lockheed Martin, the choppers choppers the helicopters will be delivered to madrid will have advanced mission systems and sensors suitable for anti-submarine and anti-surface warfare 
A country has employed has employed SH-60 helicopters to guard its maritime maritime territories after decommissioning its decades-old SH-3 Sea King helicopters in 2022. The new MH-60R will upgrade the SH-60B fleet, elevating the Spanish Navy to a high level of anti-submarine and anti-surface warfare capability, the service said. Uh, We expect a smooth transition from the SH-60B to the MH-60R. In March of 22, the United States government said Spain had requested to buy 20 T-700 GE 401C engines, 32 AGM 114R Hellfire missiles, and 100 WGU 59B advanced precision kill weapon systems, in addition to the eight MH-60R helicopters. It is unclear if those items I just mentioned were included in the recently signed contract. That's kind of end of story there. And last but not least, wow, 16 minutes, 17 minutes. This might be our fastest show ever. North Korea slams. uh, This is from, I apologize. I don't know where I got this story. Uh, Let me see if I still got it open on. I do not. I apologize to whoever wrote this story. This is from... Uh, 16 October, North Korea slams Japan's plan to move missile deployment forward. It's from Beijing, so I guess it's a Chinese story. Uh, That's not right. I'm sorry. I I don't know where I got this from. Uh, North Korea on Monday criticized Japan's plan to move forward the deployment of domestically produced long-range missiles to an earlier date, with North Korea saying that Tokyo's military moves uh, are a reinvasion, and they have reached a gri- very grave phase. So North Korea thinks because they're getting these long-range missiles, including Tomahawks, that they're going to reinvade Korea. I guess uh, the defense. This is J- Japanese Defense Minister uh, Kahara said at a news conference last week that the ministry has been studying the feasibility of deploying all types of Japan-made long-range missiles sooner than the original schedule of FY26. Uh, Here's a statement from the Korea Central News Agency, which we know is North Korea. Uh, The missiles will have the capability of attacking enemy bases and directly striking a blow on North Korea, China, and other neighboring countries, the official Korea Central News Agency said in a commentary. Uh, Here's another statement from them. War State Japan's reinvasion is not fiction, but a reality. Uh, adding that Japan's arrogant choice will create new challenges to its security and will result in escalating tension on the Korean Peninsula and in the region. Pyongyang urged Tokyo not to act rashly, the report said. Uh, Japan ruled the Korean Peninsula from 1910 to 1945. A little bit about uh, Kahara. Kahara, who assumed the ministerial post last month, made the remarks after announcing on 4 October that Japan will start procuring Tomahawk cruise missiles from the United States in FY25, a year earlier than initially planned, following a meeting with his U.S. counterpart, Lloyd Austin. The Japanese defense chief cited the need to respond to the worsening Asia security environment amid growing challenges presented by China, North Korea, and Russia. As part of preparations to acquire counterstrike capabilities or the ability to hit enemy bases should the need arise, Japan plans to purchase 400 Tomahawks, which have a striking range of 1,600 kilometers. And that's the end of story. So only seven stories tonight. A little bit of Israel stuff. Not much on Ukraine. 
Uh, not much on the Pacific, a little bit. And uh, really not much on the acquisition front. I know we did that series of stuff on uh, uh, the U.S. Army AUSA conference. And, and uh, I'm sorry, the, the 24 programs in 23. And then that followed up with AUSA last week in Washington, D.C., Association of the United States Army. And there was a few stories come out of there. but uh, But that's it. What are we doing on time? We are at 20 minutes. Uh, not too bad, 20 minutes. Uh, that's it. So uh, I won't keep everybody. It's uh, episode 179. Maybe I'll get to bed early tonight. So that's episode 179 in the books. Uh, I'll try to do another show in the next couple of days. Uh, thank you very much for listening and good night. <laughs>